On this episode of Max and TV, I interview Katie Jo Evans, founder of the ice cream herd round the world, The Frozen Farmer. Katie Jo and her family own and operate their family farm, Evans Farms, in Bridgeville, Delaware, where they produce honeydew melons, peaches, watermelons, you name it, and they have it. They primarily sell their produce to big grocery chains, such as giant supermarkets. However, Katie wasn't satisfied with the amount of sheer waste that was currently taking place in the produce industry. For every peach you see being sold in a store, there's likely another peach that wasn't accepted by the grocery chains for primarily cosmetic reasons. Meaning, there's really nothing wrong with these delicious fruits, but just didn't quote-unquote appeal toward the consumer. So Katie and her family came out with this idea to end all of this waste and instead use all of the produce towards making what everybody likes anyways, ice creams and sorbets. Famous for appearing on season 11 of Shark Tank in March of 2020, Katie Joe made a deal with shark Lori Grenier for $125,000 in exchange for 30% of her business. But Lori made the deal on one condition of Katie signing on a national retailer on her own before finalizing the deal. And boy, did she get a national retailer. How about 4,000 Walmarts? That's right. She was currently in every giant supermarket to begin with, but are now currently available in over 9,000 retail locations nationwide spread out in Walmarts, Kroger, Stop and Shops, and many others. On this episode, we will go behind the scenes, talk about how she first came up with the idea, how she overcame tremendous obstacles in building her now more than $15 million a year business during a pandemic, I might add. We'll discuss what it was like to be on Shark Tank and getting a deal with Lori. How she came up with the now trademarked Frobert, which is a combination of their delicious ice cream and sorbet. And their sorbet? How about an entire pint for a measly 70 calories and 6 grams of sugar? That's seven zero calories. Unbelievable. This is an incredible story of a family that made something that was once just a throwaway item, such as misfit fruit, into a large enterprise and opportunity that was primarily overlooked by almost everybody in the industry. They're also a certified women-owned small business with a certification from the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. And last but not least, their retail products are also certified kosher by the Metropolitan Cautious Council of Michigan. Their business began with inspiration from their family farm, where they continue to plant the seeds for connecting us all in the fight against food waste. Before we begin, please don't forget to check out The Frozen Farmer's website, which can be found at thefrozenfarmer.com. That's frozen, F-R-O-Z-E-N farmer f-a-r-m-e-r.com and make sure to follow them on facebook and instagram with the handle at the frozen farmer and if you're near the delaware area be sure to visit the evans family farm in person located at 9843 seashore highway bridgeville delaware Welcome everybody back to another great edition of Max and TV. This here is a real special edition. We have an unbelievable guest. 
Katie Joe Evans of The Frozen Farmer. Katie, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm thrilled to have you because, um, well, I got to know you a little bit from watching Shark Tank, just like everyone just want everyone who's watching uh, TV at, from their home and they heard about your story and it's truly incredible. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what The Frozen Farmer is and how you got started to begin with? Yeah, The Frozen Farmer is rooted from our third generation family farm. Um, we got started because of a problem that we were having at our family farm. Um, that problem was food waste. Uh, we had, you know, perfectly edible fruit, ripe and ready, um, but we didn't have a market to sell it to. So a, a surplus of um, perfectly edible fruit that just wasn't um, cosmetically perfect. And so we created the frozen farmer as a way to reduce our food waste footprint here on farm by utilizing all of that misfit and ugly fruit, if you will, in our full line of frozen confections, including um, super premium ice cream, we have a line of dairy gluten fat-free sorbet and a product line of Frobert, which is a blend of our ice cream and sorbet together. That's incredible. That's actually what you just said is probably the biggest reason why I wanted you on my show. Because while everyone complains about, oh man, you know, we got hit with this or we got hit with that. Let's just sit here and let us die. You guys took the initiative to actually like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. And I created a freaking fantastic idea. And by the way, Frobert, absolutely brilliant. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's a new, you guys created a new word. Yeah, so we, we kind of made up the word. So um, by industry standard, any ice cream on the shelf that doesn't meet the fat content of traditional ice cream has to say somewhere on the packaging a frozen dairy dessert. And so we said, well, we're going to get a little creative here and we're going to take those words and we're going to put them in, in one word. And so we trademarked the word Frobert because that product is a low fat product um, and it has to have that wording on the packaging. So we just try to get creative and think outside of the box. Is this all grassroots stuff like you just came up with this or did you get like this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen? Like people, you have no idea how much money people spend on marketing this and that. seems like you guys just skipped everything and you guys just did it yourselves. I have to congratulate you on that. And you trademarked it. I, I literally can't say enough about it. It's brilliant. Frobert, I feel like haagen all these other companies are going to like try to steal it from somewhere, but you guys trademarked it. Well done. Yeah, they can't steal it now. Um, and thank you. We actually just had a meeting prior to this call about exactly what you just said about how we skipped it you know it's it's funny we went from like this little mom and pop business which we're still family owned and operated um it's my husband myself and my mom um on the front lines day to day with the frozen farmer we have a full team of support behind us now thankfully uh to help us manage since we've scaled but you know we we really went from this small business in a 200 square foot kitchen to on the shelf of nearly 9,000 retail locations nationwide within, you know, a few years. And, you know, it's been kind of this whirlwind of growth. And, and right now we're in this phase of, you know, just working harder than we've ever worked uh, to gain brand recognition now that we're on the shelf. I mean, that's usually the first goal of a small company is gaining brand recognition. And for us, it's kind of like we even skipped that step. We just had this incredible opportunity and went to major retail. So now we've got to kind of play catch up and let people know who the frozen farmer is and really what we stand for, because we're so much more than, you know, an ice cream 
brand on the shelf or a better for you brand, you know, we're a company with a mission to reduce food waste and connect the consumer to the farmer and the person who grew their food and, and provide an education behind our product as well. It's very interesting about your product because I feel like it's not just one specific target. They hit a lot of different targets. So for example, um, I hired a personal, I hired a nutritionist because uh, I needed to lose weight. And so I've just become accustomed that when I'm in the ice cream aisle, that I'm looking for something that's kind of healthier, but obviously doesn't taste like garbage. Um, your specific pint, it said 70 calories for the entire pint. That would like hit like dynamite in my head. Like I would go towards that immediately for that specific. Uh, I don't even think you guys realize, like, you know, even though it's not a diet product, but a guy like me who was on a diet would go for that product. But also you're going like people who love ice cream and don't really care about that are also going for your product. Um, you nailed it. It's fantastic. Right. Well, thank you. I mean, that was the biggest part of creating this line is like flavor forward, right? I mean, people, if it's not going to taste good, nobody's going to buy it no matter how low calorie it is. So for us, um, we went after the flavor profile first and foremost, um, making sure that, you know, we're still using upcycled ingredients in our packaging. Um, so we're sourcing fruit from, you know, other resources, but still upcycled fruit, even though they're not all coming from our family fields anymore. Um, but, you know, beyond that, we wanted this product to taste amazing. And um, without flavor, you're not going to have a repeat customer. And so for us, the healthy aspect of, you know, our Frobert and Sorbet was kind of an added bonus. Um, it was not really, you know, the initial goal to make it like one of the lowest calorie pints on the shelf. Uh, we just wanted kind of a happy medium space um, that wasn't necessarily, you know, a 1500 calorie indulgent ice cream that um, was still a health conscious product, but flavor forward. And I think we've really accomplished that. And where we got with, um, you know, committing to doing a no sugar added sorbet. And in fact, the first no sugar added sorbet on the national retail shelf um, has got us to that low calorie 70 per pint point. And that for us has just kind of been an added bonus. It's been incredible to see people who, um, you know, aren't even necessarily dieting, just love the flavor of the pint and, and consider that, you know, 70 calorie per pint profile and an added bonus for them. I remember Barbara Corcoran said on the show and she was eating the honeydew melon one and she's like it literally tastes like pure like super fresh honeydew um that's awesome and so was there you know you you made this company during a pandemic correct yeah so um well we had established our business well before the pandemic um our business started in 2015 uh but our episode aired during the national pandemic shutdown. And so for us, that was kind of a moment of, you know, reflection. We had this incredible opportunity with Shark Tank and, and got a partnership deal with Lori Grenier out of it. But the grocery stores were going through kind of this unprecedented time of mass chaos and just not really knowing what to do. And, um, you know, it was somewhat of a blessing and a curse at the same time. I mean, you know, we didn't get the initial calls from the grocery retailers that we thought we would, because at that time they were just looking to replenish their shelves with anything and everything. Um, they weren't looking to take on new brands, um, but we got a update episode or, or a re-air rather in um, June of the same year. And so 
that's when really we started hearing from the retail chains after they kind of got their bearings um, through the pandemic shutdowns and started replenishing their shelves. And uh, grocery demand was at an all-time high. And so for us in that way, uh, timing worked out really well that they were looking for additional brands to bring on. And um, our, our product line, you know, fit perfect, you know, with with what really the nation was going through and in wanting to know where your food came from too. And so um, in that way, you know, we are able to connect the consumer to the farmer who grows their food. Right. From my understanding, you supply giant with their produce, correct? We do. Um, we supply a whole handful of chains with their produce really all across the U S um, our watermelons are brokered and sold all across the United States and, and up into Canada, but giant foods is our largest produce partner, uh, fresh produce partner direct to store. Right. I happen to know Giant pretty well. Um, I spent my summers in Bowie, Maryland. So we would go to Giant all the time. And I probably had all of your stuff. Um, and now probably the frozen farmer now. And so why don't you why don't you tell us about was there any real challenge that you had to deal with uh, specifically growing it? So you mentioned that, you know, you went on Shark Tank and everyone think, you know, you you had the inventory prepared um and everything but after shark tank like nothing happened right yeah we had a couple of of months of lull after shark tank quite honestly i mean it wasn't until you know june that we really got the the phone call from walmart that they wanted the product nationwide and so you know we hit the ground running as soon as we got that phone call to be able to uh, find a co-packing partner that was big enough to supply you know, a, a nationwide capacity. And so really that's that's kind of when the hard work started for us. Um, you know, what struggles haven't we had, um, you know, in growing the frozen farmer? It seems like every time we turned around, we faced a challenge. But I think if you ask probably any small business, it would be the same way. And, you know, really those struggles are what you make it. And for us, you know, that challenge is kind of what gets us up and going in the morning. And, you know, we meet every struggle that we face with, you know, an optimistic um, outlook and, you know, a path to find a solution to it. And really that's all you can do when you grow a brand or build a business or love something as much as we love the frozen farmer. Right. Uh, Walmart is a retailer that I believe not only food companies wish they got in front of, but practically anyone and everyone wants to get into Walmart. Um, and they're synonymous with taking uh, vendors into their essentially insane asylum. It's like a box and it's like completely with white walls. And the idea is to make someone crazy so they can negotiate a better deal. Did you actually like fly out there? Or it was more like remote. Um, they're just like, we just want your product. Like, can you get it to us or not essentially? So for us, the Walmart deal happened during the pandemic. So all of our meetings with Walmart have been virtual meetings. And we actually haven't experienced anything like what you're talking about um, with price negotiations down or anything like that. They've been a great partner to work with. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. So why don't we get into the Shark Tank uh, thing? Uh, going into Shark Tank was, what were you expecting when you walked in? What actually happened? And just how was your overall experience with the whole uh, episode? Well, I think they prepare you really well prior to stepping on the carpet um, on TV for what you see on TV. So what I walked into was very much what I was expecting because I had prepared for it for a handful of months with the casting producers that I was assigned to. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, the outcome of it, you know, was quite incredible. The fact that we did get a deal. Um, I actually had a national retail opportunity in my back pocket. So when Lori offered me that contingency, I quickly took it because I knew that I could deliver on it. So when you didn't eventually make that deal with Lori, what happens afterwards? Like you guys have an initial call. Um, I know she wanted to change your packaging. Is that what, what exactly happened? Like, what were the steps? Well, for us, we stepped off, well, I stepped off the carpet and, and went back to, you know, my movie trailer on set that they give you and, and stepped right into my very first business meeting with her husband and, and her team. And it was, you know, quite surreal um, because I hadn't really even had the opportunity to kind of comprehend what had just happened. Um, but, you know, I was prepared for that as well. I, I think that it was, it was one of those things that, you know, I was on the carpet for close to an hour and 20 minutes and going out of that pitch and, and into a, right into a business meeting, um, you know, really gave me a heavy dose of reality and what it's like to, you know, run a national company. And that's, that's been my reality pretty much every single day since, you know, pitching on Shark Tank is, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. And I, I showed you prior to, to starting the filming here. I mean, I, I run on two phones and, and a computer and a smartwatch and, it's like, you know, we're plugged in all the time now, but I think that, you know, kind of the pandemic has conditioned us that way too. And, you know, we're so much more efficient with our time now that we're able to meet with everyone virtually, um, just even doing this interview. I mean, this is something, you know, that prior to the pandemic, who knows whether we would have done virtually or not. Totally. And if you want to do virtually, I actually would drive out there and do it in person. Mm -hmm. I have no problem. Um, when you were on Shark Tank, um, it actually seemed to be from a viewer standpoint that it actually wasn't going all that well, that, you know, sharks were giving you kind of a hard time, especially Damon John was like, my friend sells all of the frozen coolers to all the supermarkets. And he told me one thing, don't ever get into the frozen category. Um, you had Mark Cuban saying that as, as great of a product it was, they just didn't want to get into frozen products because it's extremely, extremely um, it's very hard to do. Like, what were you, did you think you were still going to get a deal? Were you still like, I feel like because of your passion for it, that Lori kind of came in towards the end. Is that kind of what happened? Um, kind of, I mean, I really thought that I thought that Mark was going to bite to be quite honest with you because he definitely hung in the longest and, and he and I had the most dialogue amongst, you know, myself or any of the sharks about our product and our sales and, um, you know, our company history and our mission to reduce food waste. Uh, he seemed the most interested in our brand overall. Uh, little did I know, you know, that I think he had already invested in um, another ice cream company. And I feel as though, uh, you know, ref refrigerated and, and frozen food is an extremely difficult space. I'm not going to sugarcoat that or discredit what Damon said about about the space and and the competitiveness of the category i mean you only have so many freezers in a grocery store right and so everybody is kind of vying for that very small um exclusive space on the shelf and you know i don't discredit that one bit i've definitely seen you know the competitive side of of this industry uh, just in the little time that we've been in major grocery retail. But at the same time, I feel as though, you know, we have a product that is so different than anything else on the shelf. 
And, you know, being a women owned company is definitely to our benefit and, you know, has given us some advantages with that competitive space. And also, um, you know, the fact that we're doing something that nobody else is doing by connecting the farmer to the consumer in, in such a smart way with our sustainability mission to reduce food waste is just innovative. And we're at a time, you know, where these grocery chains are looking for innovative items. And so, um, you know, the moment for us is now and, you know, for any brand like ourselves um, that has, you know, innovation behind them. I think it's it's the right time for for our product line and and I knew that you know that was working to our benefit and so I didn't let what Damon said you know about the grocery space get to me too much because you know what he said is super true um and and when Mark bowed out because of you know grocery being so hard I wasn't surprised um but I was glad that you know Lori gave us that opportunity and and was up for the challenge yeah, when I was watching, I'm like, there's no way on God's earth Lori is not getting this deal. <laughs> just just thinking about it from my perspective, because I always try to view it from an investor perspective, would I invest in this? And even all of the points that everyone was making, which again, are very valid points. Um, I felt that, yes, you were already in Giant, but there were so many other places that even if you weren't to get into Giant Retail, there's still a, in my opinion, there's still a huge market, like the Bowie Bay Sox, you know, like just as an example, it's a double A minor league affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. They're much more, you know, much more down to earth. They're approachable, like fairs, places like that. Um, I don't think it's like, so, you know, you're not like approaching a Walmart exactly, but there's so many of like the small local mom and pops, I feel like that number one would all buy that as well. Was that like a thought process also? Like hypothetically, if you can't even get into big retail, there's still an opportunity there. Well, and that's stuff we were already doing. Um, so we're into like the Wilmington Blue Rocks, for example, um, you know, AAA ball teams, we're partnering with them, um, sports stadiums, you know, even on the professional level, we've had um, some conversations with, you know, some professional arenas, arenas and stadiums. And so, um, you know, fairs and festivals, uh, we have a food truck model. So we have a frozen farmer mobile truck. It's, it's not real. I don't, I like, I like to call it a food truck, not an ice cream truck, because we do a lot more than just ice cream on the truck. We do sundaes and smoothies and milkshakes and all of those other things. That's not just like, you know, what you would picture in your head when you, when you think of an ice cream truck, I think of, you know, the kind of trucks that go around to communities and have their um, music on. But our truck is um, a truck that, you know, we hire out for weddings and private birthday parties and corporate events. Uh, we partner with a lot of local hospitals on, you know, our Frobert and Sorbet because they do have, you know, healthful aspects to our product line. So our model doesn't just include grocery stores by any means. Um, it's certainly the largest for us right now with, you know, being in you know, close to 9,000 retail locations across every state in the U.S. after Shark Tank. But, you know, locally, we're doing all of those other things as well. That's incredible. I feel like it's really just the beginning. Um, do you, I feel like you're going to hit $100 million pretty soon. I may be dreaming or not. What do you, what do you, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, that would definitely be a dream come true and, and an amazing goal to hit. 
um, you know, we've, we've hit or exceeded rather um, a substantial amount of goals that we've had in grocery retail in the first 16 weeks of selling. Um, you know, we had forecasts for the 52 week period of 2021 and um, we exceeded those goals in the first 16 weeks in, in major grocery retail. So that for us was really wow. exciting to see it take off so quickly. And, and now it's just, you know, keeping up with that momentum and fueling it to continue to grow and, and not, you know, really let it plateau out or anything like that. But we just, we just want to continue to see it grow and, and get it in the hands of as many people as we possibly can so that, you know, they can taste the flavors and give it a try. And, and I love hearing the stories of customers who, you know, were addicted to, you know, say briars and, and now they're buying the frozen farmer and, They'll never go back because, you know, the flavor's better and the calorie profile's lower. And it's it's awesome to hear um, testimonials of our customers really from all across the United States on how our product is, has helped them achieve their health goals. But, um, you know, those customers who have said, hey, I tried it just because of it was a new product on my shelf and I'm a traditional ice cream eater and and, and now I'm going to buy it because I like it better better than traditional ice cream. And so... Um, hearing those stories too are just as exciting as hearing the stories of, you know, people's health goals that we've been able to help achieve. So when do you feel that, like what, what's on the horizon for you guys? Like, is there something, um, that we should know about? Is there something exciting coming, coming up soon or what's like real exciting coming up for you guys? I mean, we're always thinking about the year you know, ahead. Um, we have a lot of really exciting things coming up for us in the future. Um, we have a lot of very exciting partnerships with um, the retailers that we're working with now and new retailers we're, we're going to be announcing very soon. Um, we have a lot of innovation up our sleeve. And right now we're in flavor development for later um, in 2021 and early 2022. So um, there's not a lot I can say yet about what's to come, but a lot of exciting gotcha. things, that's for sure. Got you. I'll have to sign my life away after the show. <laughs> Follow us um, on social yeah. media. Um, um, and uh, we definitely do definitely. Um, all of our new flavor releases and, and all of the latest news on our social media outlets. Definitely. And to get to that point, um, how does one, where, where are you on social media, Instagram? What, what's your handle? How do people contact you? Um, well, our social media handle is at the frozen farmer, um, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And people can contact us through our website, which is www.thefrozenfarmer.com. You came up with the name frozen farmer? We all did. Uh, my husband, myself, and my mom and dad, uh, we sat around the Sunday supper table planning the Frozen Farmer for close to a year before we opened our doors officially. And so um, the name stuck and it fit and it was right. And we're, we're really glad that we went with it. So again, I'll be posting links down below for everyone uh, to contact her and to follow them and to follow her on social media. Um, I really, Katie Joe. by the way, Katie Joe, I think is the coolest name ever. <laughs> um that you know i'm from new york nobody here is named katie i think that's awesome yeah well you know we're from the country here and it's kind of a country name but for us joe's really a family name so um when i married my husband his father's name was joe um joseph and then um, my mom's name is joe 
Joe Ellen. And so we named our daughters Kenna Joe. And um, my initials are KJE. And so we carried out the KJE to all of our daughters. So we have we have three girls, which has been an interesting awesome. journey, uh, raising kids at the same time as you grow a business. Definitely, definitely. That's not something I have experience in, but um, that's awesome. And you are raising three daughters. I'm actually one of three boys, and my oldest brother is actually his name is Joe. His name is Joseph. How funny. Um, that's <laughs> kind of funny. Anyways, I really, really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, is there anything that you would, you know, as for an aspiring entrepreneur, is there any kind of message you'd like to send off for them? I would say, you know, for any aspiring entrepreneur out there, uh, the biggest lesson that I've learned is, you know, to never take no for an answer and to never stop chasing your dream, no matter what kind of obstacle comes your way. Um, it's, it's one thing to have a dream, but it's another thing to have a hungry heart and chase it every single day, no matter what comes across your plate. And, um, you know, mindset is everything. And for me, that was a big lesson that I've taken away from growing the frozen farmer as a business um, with my family is that, you know, really, you can do anything that you set your mind to and, and your limits are only as big as you set them for yourself. And so, um, you know, waking up every morning with a positive mental mindset that, you know, it's going to be a good and productive day, no matter what crosses your path is key to success. That's a great message. And um, yeah, because again, um, you do something that you want to do every day. Like, I feel like if someone came to you, be like, here's a $100 million, like, I don't think you would say yes, like you do this for more than money, as you mentioned before, which I think is incredible. Yeah, I definitely love what I do. I think that that's a big part of, you know, growing a business too, is, is you have to love it. Because in order to grow a business, you really have to live it. And who wants to live something that they don't love? Who doesn't want to work? making ice cream. Freaking awesome. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, again, thank you, Katie Joe, uh, for coming on and much continued success moving forward. Thank you. Hi, I'm Katie Joe, founder of The Frozen Farmer, and you're watching Max and TV. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our new website at therealmaxintv.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at the Real Max and TV. We hope to see you again soon. Until next time.